Hey there, welcome to the God's Purposeful Women podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Erica Smith. Tiffany Javier. And I'm Brittany Yearwood. And we are sisters in Christ having conversations about life to bring biblical wisdom and to inspire you. And so today we are going to talk about something that I feel like I haven't heard much preaching about. Um, and it's about the reprobate mind. Um, and so I wanted uh, Tiffany to kind of start us off and giving us a definition and some scripture on this topic. Sure. So first, let me just say that, you know, God made us all. Um, he loves us. And some of us understand who he is, um, have an appreciation for all that he has done for us. Um, also, you know, some of us built relationships with him, which we're supposed to do. Um, but there's other times when people refuse the knowledge of God and they reject him. And those are the type of people that we're going to talk about today with having a reprobate mind. Um, and so uh, what is a reprobate mind? A reprobate mind is a person who rejects God, who, you know, may know of, of God, may know about God, but just reject him and reject his ways. And so, you know, to me, when I think of a person that has a reprobate mind is someone who is a narcissist. Um, you know, sometimes those people, um, it's all about them. Um, they're, they can be selfish. Um, so many other characteristics with a narcissist, but a reprobate mind is just someone who just totally disregards God. So, um, so uh, one scripture that really explains it um, to me um, very well is Romans 1 and 28. And I'll read it. It says, um, and even as they did not like to retain God, in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind, to those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, uh, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, hater of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So that's um, Romans 28, Romans 1, 28 through 32. So that was a mouthful. So what, guys, Absolutely. What, do you, what do you think about that scripture? <laughs> First of all, I, I'm like, okay, so 
are these people saved? Do you think that the people who think like this, do you believe that they're saved or are these sinners? How can you be saved? How can you be saved and not love? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, it also says, where, where is it? Um, evil mindedness. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. you, how can you be saved if you're full of envy, strife? Mm-hmm. You're an inventor yeah. of evil things. You're disobedient to parents. You're undiscerning. Like you don't you 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 don't discern. You you're untrustworthy. You're unforgive. You don't forgive. How can you be saved and you don't forgive? So what I receive from this scripture and even just the whole first chapter of Romans is these are people who are aware of the word of God, who are aware of God's teachings but just are comfortable not doing those things. That is cool. Are comfortable turning away. Are, are, they're comfortable going about their own way. Um, yeah. 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 And it, it you know, it, it, it says it like these people know God, but they don't, they, they can care less about doing what God is saying to do. Right. They know about God. Yeah. I don't think they know him. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So God gave them so God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do whatever it is that they want to do because they're not going to they're not going to follow him. And you know, I'm not gonna say that God can't change anyone because he can definitely change um, you know, people give people an unction to change. But the willingness a person have to be willing to make a change have to be willing to love or learn how to love be willing to um stop sinning um to repent these pe- these type of people don't repent and just to go um a few verses back in in Romans chapter 1 it says, for context, it says, uh, this is verse 20. Um, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So it says here, it says they knew God, but they did not glorify him as God. Yeah. yeah. I think what also comes to mind, like when I think about the people being described here in this chapter, um, uh, just to bring it home for some people listening, like to me, what I hear is people, or, you know, those of us maybe who have grown up in the church, but, went about our own life, went about our own way, stepped away from the church. And anybody maybe who had just stepped away from God's word, God's teaching, and decided to just abandon their faith. Um, that's what I think about. And and there are people like that who eventually come back to the church, but that's only through repentance. And that's only through, you know, calling out to God and, and you know, being saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to have a repentant heart. Like, you have to repent for the things that you've done. Um, and you know, you also have to have faith, um, and know 
God is God. So, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Somebody was going to say something. I was going to say, yeah, um, um, as I also listened to the scripture, I know that there are people who claim to be Christians and still do all these things. And so I was like, that's why I asked, like, you know, could uh, these saved people? But then I um, looked up um, the scripture from Ezekiel. It's chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. And it says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. So I wonder if these people who claim to be Christians, well, you know, I know some people who, you know, still, you know, who are dishonorable and do all the things. Um, They're walking around here thinking that they're, you know, real, you know, have a real relationship with God. But I'm like, I wonder if you do, because if you did, you know, he puts a new spirit within you, you wouldn't even be, you know, thinking the way you're thinking. Yeah. And not to say that, because we all sin, we all sin, Mm -hmm. we all have to ask for forgiveness each day, we have to repent every day. These are these people's heart are hardened. These people are full of pride and they don't think there's anything wrong with them. They don't receive feedback. They don't, they, they, it's all about them. They're selfish people. And so when you, you are like this and you walking around thinking that you got all the answers, (laughs) um, and your heart is so hardened, you don't you don't want to receive, you know, God in his ways, then you're a reprobate mind. You 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 are you fit the category here. These are people that are unwilling to change. Yeah, and you know, I fear that there may be some people listening to this message um who maybe even overlooked the these verses and think it doesn't apply to them because they are just not able to receive yeah like the bible says to be in a constant state of learning to just like you, nobody nobody knows everything nobody's perfect there's no one here as the smartest person on earth right just to put it in layman's terms for people like you have to be in a constant state of of learning and if you can't receive something as simple as feedback or constructive criticism then i would consider you know just rereading these verses are you of a reprobate mind are you of someone who fit the category for all of these things that were described here like i think i think there's just a lot of people out here who just think a lot of stuff just doesn't apply to them those who are claiming to be christian right those who are, you know, their fruits don't resemble the fruits described in the word. Um, it's just like we just always have to be in the constant state of, of, of self-reflection also. Yeah. Once um, you're walking with God, because yeah. you want to you want to lead by example. Right. You don't want to just be out here just doing anything and putting a title as as, as a Christian on you. Yeah. Yeah. And and with that, um if you're in a, a position of sin, um, if you say you were a Christian and you're praying to God, um, 
you're full, you you know you're you're full of you're full of sin. You haven't repented for the things that you have done. So, do you believe that God is going to answer you? Do you believe you even hear from Him? There's so much that goes into to this, and and so you know being of this type of mind is not a good thing. And the first thing you need to do is really repent. And you you have to be able, God sends you destiny helpers. He sends people in your life to help you, to um, give you uh, words and, and encouragement and to help you. They are called destiny helpers. But if you can't even receive from the people around you who God has placed in your life, then you you really need to check yourself. Like you really need to check yourself. Yeah, I uh, for me, I find it very hard um, as a believer to even get into that state of mind. Like, like you said, when he when it says he put a new spirit within you, it's true. Like I get to some low places, um, to be honest, and but the Holy Spirit always grabs me up out. Like I talked to Tiffany, you know, I talked about about the battle of my mind. Like I get some low places, but I cannot stay there. It's just God is so amazing; He will not let me stay in these places. And also, like, I've been on this whole deliverance kick. Like, deliverance is necessary. It still is a real thing that we need to recognize and teach on because Jesus delivered people. And I believe deliverance is still needed today. Some of these people, if they're saved and they are having some of these attributes, I believe that they're just spirits and they really just need deliverance from them. And then they can go on and continue to walk the walk. But if you are if you are doing these things and you just went to the altar just to, just to go to the altar, you just said I'm a I'm a surrender to Jesus, but you ain't really mean in your heart. I really don't think you're saved then, because if you save you, like I said, Holy Spirit would not allow you to go that deep. Well, some people backslide, you know. Some people backslide, um, and some people do things because their parents told them to do it or their or their pastor told them to do it and it's really not coming from the heart and so there's many of people who went up and say they gave their life to christ but their heart has never changed it's never changed. Mm-hmm. so those were just words mm-hmm. so you you if your heart hasn't changed then I don't believe you're saved. Your, your heart has to change. Um, but the good thing is in Ephesians uh, 4 and 20, it says, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So you have to put away those, that, that old person that, you know, have to put that away and, and ask God to renew your spirit, your mind and, and follow him follow him. This is how you, you, you get out of a, a reprobate mind. You repent, you ask God to, to, to save you, to heal you, to renew your spirit and mind. And you start walking according to God. 
Mm-hmm. I have a question. How do you be okay with a close loved one that is choosing to reject God? Um, I, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard, especially when you really care about that person. Um, but I think it, it just it's like almost your answer isn't a question. Like you just have to let them go through because at the end of the day, that just might be their testimony. Like God's going to have to step in on God's time. And all we can do is just, you know, pour into them, you know, drop seeds here and there, plant seeds here and there. But at the end of the day, like they are responsible for the decisions they make um, to some extent. And we just have to continue to just be that light in their life. And rather than, you know, maybe condemning or rather than making them feel like, oh, see, this is why I don't want to be that. Or, you know, this is why I don't want to go to church or this is why I don't want to be around Christians, you know. So really just being the light in their life rather than reminding them of what and I don't know the person, but, you know, reminding them of what they may have turned away from or reminding them of why, you know, just sometimes you just got to let stuff play out. And you can't, so with, with those people, and, and I know we all have people that we, we care about, we love, who are not where they need to be, um, who's refusing to do what God has called them to do and just build a relationship with God. You have to, you have to release them over to God. You cannot hold on to that burden because it's going to make you sick. You have to pray for them, release them over to God. They have to be able to see God in you. Um, you know, like Brittany said, that light, you be the light. But you have to give them over to God because you you can't force anyone to do anything. God gives us a choice to, to love him. So we have to let them have that choice to choose him. Now we can pray and do all these things, but it's their choice. And we, we have to continue to pray. And because if we go into the thing of trying to manipulate them into to choosing God, first of all, that's witchcraft because you, you manipulating people is, is witchcraft. You don't want to get that. So you really have to allow God to do his work, his perfect work. Um, and they have to choose him. We have, we chose him. I mean, he chose us and then we chose him, but they have to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, and like, unfortunately, everybody's not going to go to heaven. You know what I mean? Like we, I believe that some people can be brought back and, you know, it's not too late for them, but some people that you let go, you just really got to be okay with letting go because listen, everybody not going to make it. And you just, you gotta be okay with that. Everybody's just not meant. And now Jesus came for everyone, but everyone doesn't choose to accept the free gift of salvation. Mm -hmm. So I think what I just thought about, as you were saying that, like, if God doesn't put it on your heart to really like, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to use the word chase, but you know, in a way like to go after them, God doesn't put it on your heart to go after them, to, to pray with them every day. Or, you know, I feel like if, if God doesn't give you that assignment, then you shouldn't trust yourself out about it. Um, I think we, as Christians, we all have a duty to pour into others, to be the light, you know what I'm saying? But in terms of when it's somebody close to us, um, 
you know, who we feel like we should be able to talk to, we feel like we should be able to, you know, uh, lead them to God. If God didn't give you that assignment, then I feel like we have to just understand that and respect that. Because at the end of the day, whether they go to heaven or hell is between them and God. Right, right, right. And I know, Tiffany, you said that you prayed for, you know, someone and the Lord told you to stop. Yeah. Just stop praying. For yeah. Them. Yeah. Because he, he let that person over to a mind. Mm-hmm. 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 So I, and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. 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 You know, it's hard trusting God and everything, but th- that's one example of where we just have to trust God. Like, you have to trust God with with these people around us, people that we love, people who we see maybe falling short in our eyes. Um, but we just have to trust God because at the end of the day, again, that just might be a part of their testimony that they can eventually help somebody else with. So mm-hmm. number two, guys, like everybody has their own walk. So they may not they may not hear from us or want to hear what we have to say about God. So they may, the Lord will probably allow them to go through something to get their attention. And it to us, we don't want people to go through certain things. We want to be able to help them, give them money or put them up or whatever. But you got, you got to allow God to work in their life. And if they have to hit rock bottom in order for them to cry out to God, then we, it's, it's not our job. It's just not our job. God is doing something in that person. And it, it's sad to say, you know, we got to let them fall, but we got to let them go through it. You don't know. They could be reaping what they didn't sown. So you don't know people's fault and what God is doing. So you really have to get your direction from the Holy Spirit to tell you, what to do in that particular situation because you ne- you don't know what God is doing in a person's life. And a lot of times these people are reaping what they didn't sow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. So uh, this is, what if it was your child, your grown up child, and you've taught them well, you, you know, the Bible, they know God, they got saved baptized, all the stuff. And so at this point, they're backsliding. How, I mean, it's your it's your child that you birthed. You know what I mean? Like, how do you manage? You know, I, I mean, I guess it's probably the same answer. Because um, when I say like just a regular person, it's easy. But when it's literally your child, like how do you <laughs> manage that? How do you deal with it's that? It's the same thing. It is painful to see and go through. Trust me. It is painful to see your child not walking in the direction that you know you didn't taught them. You you they didn't went to church with you. They they gave their life over to Christ, but they turned around for a minute. You I, all you can do is pray and and pray for that child each and every day. It's the it's like the prodigal son. You got to pray for them. And when they return, you welcome them with open arms. But you have to allow God to work in their life. You got to remember, too, a prophet is not honored in his own home. So a lot of times people that are in your home or really close to you, they, they may not listen. 
they're not so a lot of times they're not gonna listen listen to jesus when jesus was telling him telling them you know showing them the miracles and signs and wonders they were right there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he wasn't honored in his own Mm -hmm. home in his with his own people and a lot of times we're not either Mm -hmm. i know it (laughs) i know it i'm just like i'm just thinking about teenage days i haven't got to the full like teenage you know, years yet with my kids, but I just, I'm like, it sounds like that's what they do when they're teenagers. <laughs> they just want to do the opposite. Um. So yeah, I had two points in regards to like what you were saying about a child, like when it's your own child, okay. like who just might be going astray. Like um, one thing that I've heard like someone say is understanding that although like they're our children they're not ours like they're gods so god has to use them god has to work in their life because their life is not ours like just like how we all had to go through different stuff to get to where we are to get to the relationship that we have with god we had to go through some stuff and we at some point we didn't want to hear nobody's mouth about it you know and just me being a child who who has gone like like who has backslidden and you know like i needed that time a part of my testimony like i needed that not like in hindsight i can say that now but it's like i can't i couldn't imagine like like listening to i don't know like listening to you mom it just what no that would have ruined the part of the process you know what i'm saying like and again this is in hindsight but like they just have to go through it yeah they're ours but they're not ours they're gods god has to use them god's work in their lives and in some places of mm-hmm. their life or some moments like we may not be unhappy but at the end of the day are we trusting god with it or are we just trying to control everything and you you're so you're so on point with that um Brittany. but as as a parent it is it is painful to watch and it is it can it breaks your heart at you know for sure. And you cry out for your child. You see them going the wrong way. You know, um, it's painful. But you got to remember that they are not ours. They are Lord's. We have to release them over to God to do his perfect will in their life. It It is painful. I've cried mm-hmm. many times um, and still cry. Um, but I have to remind myself that these are God's children. I'm just a steward until they have age. Um, and then when they are, are grown, you know, they're grown, but I'm still their steward on earth. Um, but they are God's. Mm-hmm. And even me just having a toddler, like I think about those years, like her teenage years when she's, developing a mind of her own and well she already got a mind of her own but you know like she just she's gonna be a teenager and from what we know just like through culture through society is that those are the years where they do you know rebel or you know they do become problematic but i've actually it's like i've seen teenagers growing up or whatever um like counterparts who don't have problems with their parents there's there's people out there like that's not normal actually so it's it's something that we shouldn't that we also shouldn't just claim. We should do our best to try to avoid those discrepancies. 
But, you know, I think about those things and how I could potentially prevent it and things. But it's just like, God, just make, just equip me to handle my child, to lead my child, to deal with all the things that come with her. Because, you know, like I, I would be, I'm terrified of if that, those moments ever come because it's hard. But, but with that though, too, when you have an anointing on your life, it ain't going to be cookies and creams like other families. You may see other families getting along well or whatever. They may not have nothing going on. They may not have no anointing, no oil. But <laughs> but those people who have oil, that, who's prophetic, that have an assignment, who are God's mouthpiece, the devil is always on attack mode. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's going to always constantly come and attack in any kind of way and try to divide the family. So that's where you see a lot of that. It's not always, well, you, the parents don't get along and you you looking at that parent and they getting along and everything's fine. They may not have no anointing on their, their life. They, the devil might not be messing with them. They might be messing with them in different areas. For sure. in di- right. In different areas. But when it's when it's a family unit and, and there's a lot of um, um, uh, soldiers for Christ, prophets, uh, you know, there's there's the, the enemy is going to try to break that. For sure. I so I just I still for one. I don't want to like claim what what society claims. Society claims oh kids are bad. Society claims oh yeah. Uh, you know, those teenage years are hard. You know, society claims all these different things about a child's upbringing, and I just don't want to claim any of that. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying, Brittany, because I literally have had this conversation with my husband. Um, my oldest is 12, going on 13, and um, what brought it to my attention is I was already starting to see, like, signs that I did not like, and I was like, well, how can I prevent this behavior, you know, or stop this behavior now, um, before, you know, you know, before it goes into something else. And so, um, I, that is something that God has brought into my attention and, and, um, has revealed ways that I can pray for my children in this manner. Um, because, you know, sometimes it is generational, sometimes it just be warfare, you know what I mean? But you gotta listen to God reveal some things to you because I definitely have, um, have, I I don't want to claim it either, but because I've seen signs, right. I'm like, oh no, we need to shut this down mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one last one last area, and then we're gonna close. Your husband has a reprobate mind. Your husband. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you stay married? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Jesus, take the wheel. You got the answer. Like he don't got the will. Jesus, take the will. Oh, now, I guess I guess it would all depend on if they were saved, and this this is just a backsliding moment, right. or if they never were saved and you still married that person, and he just never really gave his life to Christ, and you're married to him. And I know that there's no going back for this person. God, God is is like no. If God has claimed, deemed them to be a reprobate mind, God will tell you if you need to stay or if you need to go. 
But you have to you have to hear from him. And if you don't hear from him, you have to wait until you do. Yeah. You can't we cannot just be making moves, okay? We we have to get our direction from our father. So if it's your husband that has a reprobate mind, God will tell you. And then he will tell you what to do next. But yeah. you have to be okay with what he says. If he tells you to, it, it's there's going to come an uh, end to it, but he's not going to tell you, it's, it's, you got to wait another five years. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with what God tells you and how to move. He will give you that direction. He will give you a way of escape if it's if it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Got away for that answer. For sure. Because, um, like, let's be real. We was okay with the reprobate mom before we got married. Like, don't, like, it's, it's going to be hard now that, like, when you are married. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just continuously just bringing that to God. Because at the end of the day that these are repercussions of not just my husband's sins, right? Our sins, my sins. Yeah. I yeah. married you with a reprobate mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you married him with a reprobate mind. So now it's just maneuvering through that and just just letting Jesus take Yeah, I'm going to say, if, if the Lord has not told you to stop praying for him, you should continue to pray for him. Continue, continue, continue. Um, you might see, you know, it might be a slow progress, but any progress is victory. Like even the small things, be, con- congratulate him on the small mm-hmm. things, but continue to pray for that person. If you're seeing progress, then mm-hmm. it might be changing. But mm-hmm. if you're seeing no progress, if mm-hmm. you're seeing that that person's mind is not is not changing um to the point of doing what God is telling him to do then a reprobate mind i mean like they brain did <laughs> no but no but, but it, it gets a little scary though because when you have children with that reprobate mind i'm pretty sure your children have For some sure. spirits some familiar spirits that have passed down so that's why you really need to hear from the Lord mm-hmm. if you should stare, if you should leave, because your children are being affected by this. They're gonna be impacted whether you stay or whether you go. And, and it'll probably be worse mm-hmm. if you go. Oh, it could. Um, but that it's also generational too, that you you probably didn't even know the generation of that person. So it's a whole bunch of stuff you gotta deal with anyway. But um but God will tell you and he will tell you what to do. And you, but you got okay. You gotta be okay with waiting for the answer. You gotta be okay with because God I, one thing I love about God, he prepares us for what's to come, right? So he's just not gonna throw you out there and just whatever. He's going to prepare you. So like some of us. He will say, okay, you're dealing with a narcissist person. That is is a narcissist. This is what it is. This person is a reprobate mind. I have given him over to reprobate mind. So I'm going to provide you with a way of escape. 
you have to trust me. You have to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. If he ain't telling you that yet, then you just got to wait. Yeah, and, and in that waiting season, right, it's it's easy to sort of just like look down at that, at your spouse, or to just be like, just shake, their, shake your head at them and just like almost condemn them quietly. Um, but even then, still be that light in a way, like, because at the end of the day, you still got to serve like your your wifely duties like you still have to be that light because maybe it's just you being that light during a time where it's just a little bit dark for them like that that may bring forth a turning point in their life so um and then it's hard especially when it's like it's if we're talking about men right and then the head of the household and you know they're the leader of the ship it's hard when you can't follow somebody who's not leading um, but still just giving up to God and being that light and just making sure you walking right. You better be walking right. And you, you better still love you mm-hmm. how to, you know, um, uh, have the fruits of the spirit, gentleness, kindness. You still got to operate that way. You can't be a monster too. Right. I'm going to bless you, but you still, have to walk with the fruits of the spirit love kindness gentleness all that stuff mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. this was a good y'all this was right this here. was good i learned a lot i learned a whole bunch because i didn't know too much about this um so thank you tiffany thank you for your wisdom <laughs> well i want to leave you all with my favorite scripture ephesians 2 10 which says For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And all these dealing with reprobate minds, God has prepared us for it. So let's do our part and let's walk the walk, like Tiffany said. Let's let's operate in the fruits of the spirit to handle our business and do what God has called us to do. And so on that note, we will see y'all next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.